welcome to season six of the Empowering Women podcast. I am your host, Shannon Bumgarner. On behalf of Empowering Women in Industry and Charlie Matthews, thank you so much for listening to our podcast and for connecting, educating, and empowering women. We all rise together. Well, here we are, everybody, in 2024. Ooh, admittedly, I am still wondering where 2023 went. It was a wonderful ride. I am incredibly excited for all 2024 has in store for us. In the Chinese horoscope, 2024 is the year of the wood dragon. The dragon represents authority, prosperity, and good fortune. It is predicted to be a year to bring evolution, improvement, and abundance. Perfect time for new or refreshed beginnings. For me, well, I think dragons are fire-breathing animals. So, of course, I believe it is the year for each of us to be a leader on fire. Truly embracing who we are, challenging the status quo, pushing boundaries of what is possible, and, of course, igniting our fire within. And speaking of fire, I think my face is always on fire when I think about pictures or videos. Funny as this may sound, I'm just not a fan of the camera. I do, however, appreciate and understand the power of imagery. The quote of a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, that did not come about by accident. Imagery can have very powerful impact. It has the ability to launch movements, to make us think, to make us reframe our perspective. In a personal context, it can help us fortify our personal leader brand, giving the world a window into who we truly are. Which is why I'm so thrilled to have Liz Hansen here to kick off our season six of the podcast. During our conversation, we learn more about her story and how she found her way to boudoir photography. We talk about the vulnerability and courage embedded in our pictures. We explore ideas on how to best incorporate photography into your leader brand. And of course, much, much more. So let's do this. Let's kick off 2024 with a bang. Today, we are going to pull a little bit on your vulnerability, courage, and willingness to show up. So grab your favorite blanket and warm beverage for a conversation that will compel you to take your leap into 2024, making it your year of the dragon. I will see you on the other side. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Empowering Women podcast. And I also want to welcome you to 2024. It's a year of new ideas, new possibilities, and the next bigger version of you. A huge cheers to all of that. And speaking of the next version of you, how do you feel about putting that version of you in front of the camera? You know, the true authentic version. For some of us, we're, we're camera ready, ready to go. The rest of us, including yours truly, not so much. I'm not a big fan of the camera, which is why I am pushing you and me out of our comfort zone today 
Today's guest, Liz Hansen, is our best guide to get us a little bit more comfortable with that idea. Liz is the owner and photographer of Chicago Boudoir Photography, a boutique studio that empowers women to feel confident in their bodies, relationships, and lives. Amen, sister. I'm so excited. Welcome, Liz, to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. And Liz, I hope I got that that name correct, but feel free to correct me because sometimes my pronunciation is just a little bit off. You know, boudoir, boudoir is just a fancy French word that means a woman's bedroom. Some people say boudoir, some people say boudoir. It just depends on how fancy you want to be. I did put my Southern twang onto that. So I didn't quite get the, the French nasal sound with it, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to learn more about your background. I'm going to admit you're the first person I've ever met that's in this line of photography. So I'm completely fascinated so for those folks who listen to the podcast for a while, they know I love to start with learning more about folks' story. So can you share with our audience more about your story and the journey to how you got here? Yeah, of course. So I run a boudoir-specific studio. I do boudoir portraits all day, every day, which is a Victoria's Secret style photo shoot experience for the everyday woman. But I didn't always do that. I started out, you know, I studied art in college, and then I started out taking pictures of families and weddings and things. And um, one time about 10 years ago, I heard about boudoir photography and I was, my interest was piqued. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce the word. Is it boudoir? Is it boudoir? But I looked into it and I decided to sign up for a boudoir photo shoot for myself. Oh, that's a leap. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I was already a photographer, already interested in art. And, you know, I thought my husband would really like this. So I signed up. I did not know what I was getting into. I was literally shaking in my boots, went in, did this photo shoot, and I had a confidence building experience that really stuck with me. I walked out of that studio feeling like a new person, like I could conquer the world. And so I decided that that was something that I wanted to offer to other women. So I did a shift in my business. I stopped photographing weddings and families and decided to focus just on boudoir and offer that same kind of experience that I had had to other women. Wow. I love how you tried it yourself first. So if I, if clients come to you and they say, what is it like? You've been on both sides of the camera so you can give them a feel for what they should expect, not just as a photographer, but I guess of the, the photography, if that's a word of the person that's, that's being in front of the camera. Cause for me, that would be, you're put, you're being very vulnerable in that moment. Yeah. So the way it works, women come to my studio, I have a hair makeup artist and they get their hair and makeup professionally done. And then we take pictures in a sort of sensual, sexy way, right? They get to choose their outfits. They can choose if they want to wear lingerie or maybe a revealing cut of a shirt or a dress, or if you want to wear nothing at all, that's also just fine. And I know that when you come in to do a photo shoot like that, this is probably out of your comfort zone. This is not something you've done on a regular basis. So I know exactly what it's like. I Not only did I do that photo shoot once 10 years ago, I have done a photo shoot for myself almost every year since hmm. so that I can remember what it's like to step out of your comfort zone and do something like this. I know that when women come to me, they are really trusting me in a vulnerable moment. And I consider that an honor. 
Yeah, that that's really true. They are trusting you. But and I never thought about it until you and I started talking about doing this podcast about how it's a confidence building activity. And you've said, and I'm quoting you here, that you love how beautiful portraits empower women to gain confidence and recognize their inner beauty. Can you just share more about what you've experienced with your clients, a story if you have it in this respect? Yeah, so women from all walks of life have trusted me to capture their beauty. And people come into my studio for lots of different reasons. I have women who come in because they've been diagnosed with breast cancer and they want to take pictures of their body before surgery. I have clients who come in because they are celebrating a milestone birthday. They're turning 40, they're turning 50, they're turning 60, they're turning 75, and they want to remember where they are right here, right now. I have women who come in because they are expecting a baby and they want to celebrate their baby bump. I have women who are coming in after a dreadful, emotionally searing divorce and they want to celebrate feeling independent and like themselves again. I have women coming in four weeks before a happy wedding and wanting to do a bridal boudoir photo shoot for their groom on to give as a gift on their wedding night. So, you know, it just spans, there's so many reasons that people decide to do this. Every woman that comes in has her own story, her own reasons for being there. And I believe that every woman at every age, at any stage of your journey, it's worth celebrating. You know, sometimes we think, well, not young anymore, or I need to lose some weight, or I'm just me, who cares about me? But I I disagree. I think there are really important reasons for every woman at every stage to document themselves and to feel pampered and to feel beautiful. That That is so true. How do you encourage women to try it? Or do you even have to at this point? Do people, people probably just call you, but how do you encourage women to take that leap? You know, I'm not in the business of convincing anyone to do anything they don't want to do. So I, you know, sometimes people come up to me and they say like, I would never take boudoir pictures. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, you know, different strokes for different folks. Right. What I do find often is women come up to me and say, you know, this really interests me, but I just don't know if I have the confidence. And what I always say is this, you don't have to be confident to do a boudoir photo shoot, just show up and all supply the confidence. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do and how to pose. I'm going to make this fun and easy. You, The only confidence you need is the confidence to show up. So people ask me all kinds of questions. You know, what if I don't know how to pose? Don't worry. I'll show you. What if I have this scar on my back? Don't worry. We can either show it or I can Photoshop it out. What if I don't know what to wear? Don't worry. I'm going to show you, send you a guide with links. What if I don't know what to do with the pictures? Don't worry. I've got products and I'll help you create them for you. So I'm really going to be with you every step of the way. I understand that this is not, you know, getting naked or a little bit naked in front of the camera is not something that most people do on a regular basis, but don't worry. That's my job, not yours. But I think that's so powerful. Take it outside of this context for a minute. The most important part is just showing up. The the courage that 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 woman needs at that moment is just showing up. And that doesn't all that doesn't just apply to this specific instance, but to everything in our lives. It's so important just to show up. And then I think we think that showing up means we have to do it by ourselves. So all those things that you outlined was things that they felt like they should already know, like how to pose or what to pick. And that I think that also translates to the working world. We feel like, oh, I have to show up and know it all. 
well, I don't really. I have support systems. I have resources. I don't have to. So I think that lesson really translates to the the working world. So I, I love that. Just show up. That's the first and only high- step. <laughs> Yeah, I had a teacher in high school that had a big poster up that said, um, like, 98% of success is showing up, you know, something like that. And I remember the time thinking, like, like, I don't just show up and things happen. But I have learned throughout life that a lot of things are like that. Submit the application. You know, throw your name in, throw your hat in the ring. Put your name in the box to volunteer to do something. You don't know what might happen until you try. I recently gave a TED talk about Mm -hmm. what I do as a boudoir photographer, and I had never thought of myself as someone that could give a TED talk. I just, you know, TED talks were, it's like Bill Gates gives up, stands up and gives a TED talk, right? Like Michelle Obama, right? Not like Liz Hansen, boudoir photographer, but I saw the application and I literally literally just thought like, hey, what, what happens if I throw in the application? Well, six months later, there I was standing on the TED stage talking about how nudity isn't naughty, you know, something that I never thought I would be able to do. But if you don't throw in the application, if you don't raise your hand, if you don't show up, you don't know what opportunities you might be missing. And I will put a link to that TED talk in the show notes. I've watched part of it. I want to finish it because you're right. The the your tagline or the the talk of the title, the title of the talk was fabulous. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I, I I just think in so many aspects of our lives, we we are nervous to do things, not because we're not able to do them, but just because they're new. Right. So like, especially I've noticed women, a lot of times women say, oh, I can't do that. Or I'm nervous to do that. Or when I try to do that, I get a pit in my stomach or, and it's not because you're not capable or ready for it. It's just because it's new. And I know for me, at least new experiences seem scary even if I'm ready for them, even if I want them, just the newness can be hard. But I think if you're willing to just overcome that one barrier of saying, yes, it's new, but I'm going to try anyway. Maybe I've never done this before, but I'm going to throw in the application anyway, can be a really powerful way to opening up some doors for you. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm probably transitioned really well. I'm going to check in the mail to you, Liz, on this one, because in that TED Talk, you mentioned that Photography can help us access courage and freedom, maybe more than any other way. Can you say more about that idea and ways our listeners can embrace that philosophy from what you've learned? Yeah. So for me, stepping in front of the camera can be, a, for a lot of people I've noticed, can be a really vulnerable experience, right? You feel very exposed, even if you're fully dressed, right? Just yep. having your picture taken and many people shy away from it. And I I put stepping in front of the camera in the same category as other things that people might be scared to do. Jumping out of an airplane, getting up on a stage, um, you know, going in for a job interview, all those kinds of things require you to put yourself out there, be a little bit vulnerable and let people see the real you. I mean, maybe jumping out of an airplane doesn't require people to see the real you, but it requires a certain, there, there are these things in life that require us to kind of I look at like, put aside our ego, put aside our fears and allow ourselves to be vulnerable and try new things. And then on the other side of it, when we've achieved it, when we've done the thing, when we've jumped out of the plane, when we've stood in front of the camera, when we've gotten on stage, that's when we can look back and say, I can do hard things. I am capable. I am worthy. And when you keep a catalog of those things that you've achieved, it allows you to achieve even more. 
few months ago, I was talking to one of my coaches and she said, start writing down a list of every time that you figure something out and you make something happen. And I was like, why? And she's like, because you need to catalog for yourself and for your brain that when problems come your way, that you are able to solve them. So I started this list. I said little things like um, we had this big scratch on our kitchen floor and I wasn't sure how to deal with it. And it was every time I was in the kitchen, it was driving me crazy. Well, got on the internet, researched it, figured out, put it on my list. I figured out how to fix that scratch in the kitchen floor, you know, and pretty soon I had a list of a hundred things that I had figured out that I had achieved and looking at that list. Some of them were really small. Some of them were bigger, helped me realize the capabilities that I have and to know and to give me the confidence that when barriers and problems come my way that I can say to myself, you know, I've figured out hard things in the past and I'm going to be able to do that now. So I believe that photography can be one of those things that you can put on your list. I stood in front of a camera. I was vulnerable. I allowed someone to see the real me and I can achieve great things. I'm laughing as you're talking in my head because I hate pictures. Like I just hate pictures in general. I hate selfies. I hate pictures of me just not staged ones, but ones at like a conference or something and somebody's taking pictures. I I hate them. And I'm trying to learn to embrace that, that it's authentically me and to stop the critical judger in the background. Uh, Cause that's what happens. I, and I'm going to make you laugh, Liz, when they, when we first started this podcast, um, in season three, it was not on video. And when Charlie sent me the note and said, Hey, we're changing and we're going to add video. I was like, no, we're not adding video. <laughs> so I think it's, I don't think I'm alone in that. And I think I, for me, it's all the courage to show up is one I'm very important, but also is the courage to not be so judgmental and critical and get that those nasty words and thoughts out of your head when those pictures or videos do show up. Yeah. And a couple of things I do want to say when we talk about um, being authentic in front of the camera, in, in one sense, showing up is important and, and revealing yourself, but the camera can lie also. So I guess I want to say this. We live in a time where every single person on the planet pretty much now is walking around with camera in their pocket. And that did not used to be the way, right? Like getting your picture taken used to be a sort of a special experience. Now, man, you just get in your picture, you know, people are photographing their breakfast every morning and they're taking pictures of them walking around the hallway and whatever. Right. And the little camera on your cell phone is going to, it distorts. Right. So have you ever noticed how, if you're standing on the edge of a group, the people in the middle look smaller and the people on the edges look bigger. It doesn't mean the picture people on the edges are bigger people, but sometimes it's because that wide angle lens distorts the edges of pictures. And we, it's the same thing when you hold a camera close to your face the thing that's closest to the lens right here, it often looks bigger, which why people think their noses are really big because when they take selfies like this, you can't maybe see me right now, but I'm holding a, you know, if you hold your camera right in front of your face, it's going to make your nose look really, really big. And um, we have, we live in a world, a selfie world where women are literally going to get nose jobs just because they think they have a really big nose because they're used to seeing it from a distorted selfie picture. So there is one sense in which, Photography, in my opinion, can be empowering and beautiful and confidence building. And in another in which people can let it really destroy their self-esteem and their self-image. 
And my goal is to help women kind of see a real version of themselves, right? So when you come into my studio, I'm not taking a selfie. I'm not taking a wide angle view where you're going to look twice as big on the edge as the person on the uh, in the middle. My goal is to take a picture to reveal to you with lighting, with posing, with, with accessories, with all the things, the beautiful person that I know you are and that you can be represented as. Throw away the idea that you have a big nose because of selfies. Throw away the idea that you always look big in group pictures or whatever it is that's making you shy away from the camera. And come to a professional photographer who can really, in my opinion, reveal how other people see you, which is gorgeous and worth documenting and valuable no matter your size, age, or shape. So in some ways, I think having cameras with us all the time is fabulous and wonderful and allows us to document. And in other ways, it is creating a distorted view of reality that is 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 forcing women into weird boxes that don't really exist. It's funny that you say that because sort of like, I'm going to go back to your coach that told you your list of things that you were able to solve. It's almost like you can keep those pictures as your list. And when you either somebody takes a picture of you or you take a selfie with a group, let's say, and it doesn't look so great. It might be that little list that you hold back and go, this is really what I look like. Forget about that. Oh, absolutely. And I think every woman should have, I think every person should have that. I, I think you should have things that you can go back to and say, this is where I feel most like me. And this is what I'm going to honor. And other things I'm just going to like, it's just, I'm just going to let go. I'm not going to let that bother me today. Mm, That's a good point. So I'm going to transition a little bit because I want to talk about professional headshots. I've been in this quandary and it's something I want to talk about today. I always thought I should go for the formal pantsuit. I've been in corporate America my whole career. So I've been uh, trained, let's call it that way. And I realized um, along the way, and I shared this with you before we started, that that look was not for me. And I had a really good friend who's also a photographer, and she encouraged me to test those boundaries. And I love the result. So why do you think women are reluctant to embrace their authentic self when approaching professional photography? You know, professional pictures for a long time have been in this little box where it's like, I have to look at the camera and I have to have like, the background has to be a little bit gray, but also maybe a little bit like spots, you know, like almost like we took school pictures, but then we grew up and they still look yeah. like school pictures kind of. Oh, that's a great analogy. That's exactly what it is. It's like class pictures just move forward a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And I have to have a blazer on and I have to, you know, be turned 45 degree angle and, you know, it has to look exactly this specific way or it's not a quote unquote headshot. And I think that comes from an idea of kind of like, you know, everyone in corporate has to be the same or, you know, we have, if if I don't fit into this box, I don't want to stand out because I want to, you know, something like that. But I will tell you this photography has come a long way and corporate pictures have come a long way and the headshot is no longer your grandma's headshot right those pictures that you've seen I mean you know there can still be great pictures like the ones I described but now there is a push towards something that's it's gonna sometimes it's called personal branding and even if you have a corporate job you can create a set of images that represent you for who you are because you are a brand. I mean, I know that's kind of weird to think about, but like 
when you come to present yourself at a job interview, when you go to present yourself um, for a conference, for whatever it is you're doing, you're representing your ideas, but also yourself as your own personal brand. So you should feel free when you hire a photographer or use professional headshots to break out of that mold a little bit. Wear clothes that represent you a little bit more. Have a bright yellow background. Um, have something with you in your hands that demonstrates what it is that you do. My favorite corporate headshots are pictures that when I look at the picture, it gives me a sense of who the person is and what they do. And it's not just like a passport picture. It, it's so true. And I feel like that, let's just say that your personal brand is you want to be thought of as bold and innovative. And then if you show up in, in LinkedIn or wherever this headshot's used and you're in a black suit with a white shirt with a cream background, like is in my office right now, it's just like, oh, that's not bold or innovative. And I think there's this, our brain catches that. I don't know that we can put it, articulate it, but our brain catches it. Oh, absolutely. And the same with a really outdated um, photo. So let's say on LinkedIn, you have a picture that's 10 years old and then you show up and you, I mean, in 10 years, you've changed your hairstyle. You've changed, you know, fashion, the, the fashions change, the width of a lapel changes, you know, these, all these things you can tell when a picture is 10 years old, even if, if you don't think people can, they can. Right. So not only do you want the picture to speak of who you are, but you want to keep your pictures current. I recommend people get professional pictures taken every two to three years. It might seem like a lot, but you'll end up using them a lot. And if you have good pictures you like, you'll be more confident putting them out there, updating things. It's part, again, of your personal brand that's going to speak to who you are and show that you're updated, that you're you're out there, you're up to date, you know, you're doing the thing. <laughs> your picture, spe a picture speaks a thousand words, right? So putting yourself out there with updated, beautiful headshots is part of, it's just as important as dressing well for a presentation, showing up on time, all those things. Do you have any, but let's just say I've done personal branding work with, with a professional. So I, I sort of knew what I was after when I, when I had those pictures, do you have any advice for somebody who may not have had the opportunity to do that work yet? And maybe they have a headshot session coming up in a couple of weeks. Like how, what would you think about for them as they're going into that session? So if you're going into a professional headshot session, there's a couple things I would recommend. Number one, if you can work with a photographer that allows you to bring multiple outfits. So depending on what you've signed up for, what you're paying for, if you can shoot in different outfits, you will see how much your vibe changes just with the different outfit that you choose. So if you can, don't just go in with your one blazer take and take one set of pictures and go home. If you're going to, you know, drive over there, hire a photographer, do the thing, bring multiple outfits and shoot multiple outfits. Number two, if you can sit down with a photographer and come up with three words that you want to convey with your pictures and bring those to the photographer and discuss, how can we make these pictures look like these three words? And this is something I do with my own um, clients that come into my photo studio. I actually have a stack of cards with words on them and I have them choose cards that they want to feel that day during their photo shoot. So your photographer might not initiate that with you, but you can as the client walk in and say, you know, I wanna look bold, innovative and forward thinking or, you know, whatever it is that you want to convey, if you can think about that before you go into your photo shoot, that will help your photographer select the lighting, the backdrops and the poses that he or she is going to use for your photos so that you can really convey 
what you want. If they don't know who you are and what you want, you might end up looking like a banker when instead you're an independent <laughs> florist, you know, or, you know, you might end up looking like an engineer when really you are trying to be a stand-up comedian or, you know, whatever right. it is that you're trying to do, it's going to change everything about how the photographer approaches the photo shoot. Well, speaking of that, if somebody's considering doing this as part of their 2024 goals, how would you coach them to find a photographer for themselves for, for let's say professional headshots in this case? Okay. Two things I definitely recommend when you're looking for a photographer, number one, get online and look at their work. I mean, I know that sounds obvious, but the pictures they take of you are likely to look like the pictures that they are posting. Sometimes people look at a photographer and they say, they think, well, they're a photographer. I know all their stuff looks like this. I need something else, but I'm sure they can do it. The thing is maybe they can, but you're going to get the best results from hiring a photographer whose website and portfolio looks exactly like the kinds of pictures that you want to get. So for example, if you want pictures of yourself working in action, like let's say you're a chef and you want pictures of yourself chopping and cooking in your restaurant, look for a photographer that has pictures on their website of people at work and not just sitting in front of a backdrop right? Mm. Because this is going to be a photographer who knows how to bring gear on site, knows how to light in a restaurant, in a place where it's not a photo studio. Does that make sense? So number yeah, it one, makes complete sense. and I mean, I, interestingly, I have people all the time call me and ask me to photograph their weddings. I have no pictures on my website of a single wedding. And they just think, well, she's a photographer. She can do weddings, but truly shooting in a studio and shooting in a web at a wedding requires a different skill set and a different set of lenses and all kinds of things. I mean, yes, could I show up with a camera and take some pictures at your wedding? Yes, but would it would it be the same beautiful experience that you would get from someone who is really, really experienced and knows how to shoot a wedding? No, right? So that's going to be the same with your corporate headshots or your personal branding shots. You want to look for someone who's really creating already and is really good and specialized in what you want to create specifically. That might require you to do a little research about what you even want. Do you do you know what you want out of your pictures? Mm. And looking at websites can give you some ideas. So that's number one. Look at their website and hire a photographer who is really producing and showing on their website really, really similar images to what you want. And then number two, I always recommend talking to your photographer on the phone before you hire them. Again, this sounds really simple, but I have people all the time who say, oh, can't I just book on your website? Why do we have to have this phone call? And for me, it is really, really important to speak directly with every single person before they come to my studio to make sure that I'm the right photographer that, for them and that I can create the images that they want. Photography is very individual. You're an individual. Everything is custom, right? Like, this isn't outsourced to a company overseas. This is you and me creating literally a piece of artwork with you as the star. So in order to be successful in creating that beautiful image, that perfect headshot, that, that image of you at work, that image that conveys what you do, I think it's really important to chat with a photographer and make sure that you're both on the same page. So a quick phone call, don't just book the first person online that you find availability for. They may be great, but a quick phone call will make sure that you find the perfect photographer for what you're looking to do. I think that, you know, what really, as you were talking, clicked for me is having your picture taken, regardless of whether you're wearing clothes or not, is a very intimate, vulnerable moment. 
And so if you don't have a connection with your photographer, it's hard to get the best result. That's what just really clicked for me. And I think that's why this session with my friend works so well. I don't know that's her expertise. So that part might have been um, not aligned. Um, she does a lot of different things. But what was aligned was we're very connected as people. And so I felt comfortable and being vulnerable in that setting. Well, and photographers can be good at lots of different things, but they can't be the best at photographing you if they don't know a little bit about you and what you want. It's just impossible to know. If you walked in front of my camera and I knew nothing about you and nothing about what you wanted, I mean, yeah, I could take a picture of you, but it not, might not meet your goals for what you wanted out of the, the image, right? So um, the communication, like you said, is really, really important because this is a custom intimate experience, no matter what kind of thing we're creating. Yeah, good point. Well, I'm going to transition into something I did not include on the outset, which is outside of your boudoir photography business, you have also launched an endeavor called Million Dollar Studio. So can you tell our audience a little bit about its purpose and how that's helping you change the face of photography? Yeah, so Million Dollar Studio is a coaching and education platform for photographers to help them run a profitable business. Mm. So you have to understand a lot of photographers are really good artists. They're great with people and they are terrible with money and business, right? It's different skill set, you know? So there are tons of photographers out there that are excellent artists that create beautiful images and are not making any money. And what that means is they can't create more beautiful images because they don't have any money to live off in order to do that. So my goal with Million Dollar Studio is to help every photographer that works with me to run a profitable studio that allows them to help and reach more people and to create more art. And I have loved doing that. I've watched so many photographers come into my program. There was a woman recently, Rebecca, when she joined my program, she told me she was barely making any money off of her business. Basically, she was breaking even, you know, like not bringing any money home. People would pay her, but she was using every penny that came in to pay her expenses. She's been in my program for less than a year. She just hit nine months in the program and she's already clearing $400,000 a year in revenue. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Incredible journey for her to learn how to actually price and sell her art in a way that is creating revenue for her. So this is why I, so my, my, my mission in life, I feel like is to help women be empowered, whether that be to help them feel empowered in front of the camera or to help empower them as business owners to create profit and revenue so that they can run the business of their dreams. Yeah. Cause I, I think I know I've struggled in my own way. So I'll tell a very vulnerable story. So when I first started this podcast, I said, yes, A, because it was Charlie and B, because I knew my peer coaching circle was going to challenge me if I said no. So I said, yes. And when she first said, Hey, give me a proposal on what you'd like to be paid. I put it off. I, I, I started the podcast. I think we might've paid me like a little bit in the very beginning and it, and it fell off. And then Charlie figured it out and she was like, I cannot believe that you did this to me. Now, my point is I'm pretty well known in this community and I struggled with that ask. And that's small in comparison to um, what somebody might be running a business because this is just um, some auxiliary income to my to my day job. So I think that's so true, <laughs> probably out there for men as well. But for women, I think it's very prevalent. 
Something that I've learned recently is the term a money block. And what that means mm. is literally a, um, a mindset or a thought or a belief that prevents money from coming into your life. So I would describe what you experienced with being unable to ask for a salary or for payment for the podcast as a literal money block. It was a belief that was blocking someone from paying you for work. You started the podcast and you're working and like, you're not asking for any money. You're literally putting up barriers from money coming into your life. And men might do this, but women, it's really easy for women to put up blocks for money coming into our lives because for many decades and maybe for many generations, women have been socialized to do a lot of unpaid labor, right? So mm. for generations, there are women who, um, you know, did a lot of the cooking or the cleaning or the child raising or the volunteering at schools or whatever, and have just been used to doing a lot of unpaid labor. Whereas on the whole, men have not been socialized to do a lot of unpaid labor, right? They, and and I'm cutting, you know, very broad generalizations here, of course, but like, Think about your mother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother versus other men you might know. Did they do a lot of unpaid labor? I know mine did. I know both my mother and my grandmother lived their whole lives working really hard, raising families and not being paid at all. They were both stay-at-home moms. And that is an immense amount of labor. I'm not saying it wasn't labor at all, but it was unpaid labor, right? Right. And so a lot of us come subconsciously or not, we have this belief that maybe good women don't ask for money or maybe good women, you know, don't get paid a lot. And maybe I should volunteer more and do more unpaid labor. And maybe I should just do this podcast for Charlie without being paid because, you know, she asked me to, right. And I'm not saying we shouldn't volunteer and I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of our families, but when there's opportunity for money to come into our lives, sometimes we put up these blocks and <laughs> literally don't allow money to come into our lives because of a psychological belief that somehow money is bad, that it will change us, that we don't deserve it. And one of the things you have to do is the only thing you can do to get rid of those money blocks is work on your own mindset and shift how you believe and feel about money. Yeah. And we won't go down this tangent, but it's part of the reason for uh, gender wealth and equity. Uh, but we won't go down that entire entire pathway. One thing I want to circle back. We talked briefly before we pushed the record button. You had a lot of great insight on coaching and mentoring. And that's part of what I think you offer in Million Dollar Studio. Do you mind sharing what you shared with me with our audience? Yeah, of course. So I believe that is really hard to be what you can't see. And in particular for me, I know this was true. I didn't um, know anyone who was running a business before I started my own business. I mean, some people might have friends or family who are entrepreneurs, but I really didn't. The people in my lives were teachers, lawyers, doctors, all salaried people. I didn't know anybody who was out there running their own thing, putting out a shingle, being an entrepreneur. And so for me to start and run my own business was really, really daunting, sort of emotionally and psychologically in ways that I couldn't have predicted. And when I found some business mentors and surrounded myself with other people who are also entrepreneurs, it was a game changer for me. And I know this can be true in the corporate world as well. When you can find other people that you can learn from, it can be so, so important. And I think sometimes we think that those mentors or those coaches have to be people who are older than us or quote unquote above us, but there are people all around us that can help us, lead us, that we can learn from, that can show us things, open doors for us. 
we were talking about how sometimes younger people uh, can be, what what did you call it? Circular mentoring? Reverse mentoring. A reverse mentoring, right? So like that a younger person helps you see something and I'm sure in that relationship, you can give back to them as well. I guess is why I was calling it circular. Right. Um, right. But if you are in a situation where you don't have anyone that you can talk to about your career or that you can um, bounce ideas off of, I recommend finding someone. It might be someone online. It doesn't have to be someone who sits in the cubicle next to you. It doesn't have to be someone in the C-suite in your same tower. It could be a group online. It could be um, someone in another industry who's doing something kind of similar to you, but coming at it from a different angle. To me, finding a group or a mentor can make all of the difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Well, Liz, it's hard for me to believe, but I only have really two questions left for you. Um, The one is what piece of advice or quote would you like to leave with our listeners? Well, the thing that first comes to mind is my TED talk, Naked Isn't Naughty. (laughs) (laughs) that's like my that's my thing I've been saying all year now encouraging people to be vulnerable in different ways yeah because naked could mean different things it may not just mean the human body it could even be your mental or social piece absolutely being vulnerable being real allowing yourself to be seen there's so many taboos around this kind of behavior, especially for women. We wear a lot of masks, I think. Hmm. You know, we don't say a lot of times what we really feel or think. And I'm not suggesting you just go out there and blurt out anything at any time, but really digging deep and trying to be vulnerable, I think is sort of my um, my catchphrase for the year. Yeah, I love that. Uh, last question is where can people find you and reach out to learn more about your businesses or just more about you personally? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm at chicagoboudoir.com, which is always a little tricky for people to spell. Um, so it's, Or say in my case, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you can say Chicago Boudoir or Chicago Boudoir, but it's C-H-I-C-A-G-O hyphen B-O-U-D-O-I-R.com. That's my photo studio. If you're interested in my coaching and mentor program, that is million dollar dot studio. Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation, a great way to kick off 2024. Thank you so much for joining us and for the generosity of your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I sure loved it. Bye everybody. See you in the next episode. I hope each of you found this episode an inspiration to boldly show up in your life. Maybe that is in front of the camera, but think about how you show up every single day in your life, at home, in the office, on the job site, and in your community. You never know who may be watching you. And no, not in a creepy way, but in a way where you are showing them what is possible. Sometimes I think we underestimate the power of just showing up. It is the ultimate act of vulnerability. It is actually at the root of Brene Brown's definition for it. She says that vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. She says it's having the courage to show up when you cannot control the outcome. It can be really, really hard. But the truth that Liz shared with each of us is that we all can do hard things. 
and oh my goodness, is showing up powerful. Just think about the last time that you were at an event, a work meeting, or maybe perusing social media, and you saw that someone that looked like you doing that thing that has been on your heart. Close your eyes and put yourself in that moment. How did it feel? How does it feel in your body? For me, I get this incredible lightning spark of hope, an expansion literally of my heart. I think to myself, this is truly possible, regardless of how crazy it may sound to most everyone around me. And we here at the Empowering Women in Industry community are your support group where you can show up boldly. Here, all crazy ideas are welcome. You can find links to our website in the show notes. And there are some super exciting ways to engage with us in 2024, including our mentoring circles, monthly meetups, and book club. Many of these are just kicking off, so it's a great time to jump in. There's no better investment than this investment in yourself. You can also join us as a member where you have access to diverse resources, including prior recordings across a wide range of topics. Links for these great opportunities are also in the show notes. And on your favorite podcast platform, please like us and provide a positive review. This will allow more listeners to find their way toward our community. Share with your friends. In 2024, we want to reach as many women leaders as possible, and of course, our allies as well. As we, as we enter the new year, I've ditched the resolutions. With some great coaching from Stacey Cassio, I pick a word that inspires me and what I want to accomplish in that year. This year, my word is courage. Here is my wish for all of you, and for myself. May we have the courage to show up with our whole hearts. May we have the willingness to listen in the beautiful stillness to our own voice. May we have the audacity to act upon our divine calling. And may we have the bravery to boldly take the road less traveled by. May 2024 be the year where your dragon is set free a transformative new beginning where your fire is set free. This community will be cheering you on and feeding the flames. Be brave, be bold, ignite your fire within. <laughs> <laughs>